Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and those who don't identify as either. They saying Brett Favre is a welfare queen. Now, I don't watch sports. I I heard Brett Favre's name and I vaguely remembered it. I knew he played football. I knew he played for a really long time. I knew he, you know, was very acclaimed and such. Knew nothing else about Brett Favre. Had to go look it up. But yesterday, this story broke about Nia Long's quote and unquote fiance. Whether he still is or not is on the table and up for debate. As most recently as June, publications were referring to him as his, as her fiance. And when this story broke yesterday, we're going to talk about that too in a minute. But when the story broke, major news publications were referring to him, the head coach of the Boston Celtics, as Nia Long's fiance of 10 years. So I'm, I'm a black girl who loves Nia Long. I've loved her since Boys in the Hood. I loved her in Love Jones. I loved her in The Best Man. I love her in everything that she appears in. I am a Nia Long devotee. So I put up a post on my social media page and it was just in support of Nia Long. And I was basically like, say the word, what you need, sis. We can ride at dawn. So many people were like, why are you talking about Nia Long, but you're not talking about Brett Favre? Who? I'm, I'm a black woman. I have three big platforms on social media. I mostly talk about things that are that I'm interested in and that my audience is interested in. We are really interested in Nia Long. I've never heard anybody talk about Brett Favre other than when it's related to sports. So again, people were like, why aren't you talking about Brett Favre? Because Brett Favre is a welfare queen. I'm sorry, what? I was like, Brett Favre is on welfare, what? I had to go look up the story. I also had to go look up like who Brett Favre was. So <laughs> the other complaint people were making was saying media is not covering Brett Favre. When I finally looked up Brett Favre, there were stories on Yahoo. There were stories on USA Today. Lots of platforms are covering and like daily and like daily because there's just there's lots of twists and turns to this story. So if you have not been keeping up on what's going on with Brett Favre or you're like me and being like, who? Brett Favre, former American football quarterback, played for 20 seasons. How much did he make over his career? Let's look that up, too, because I think it's important to the story. Career earnings. Somebody should be able to give us a, an approximate net worth. Not celebrity net worth because they got me on there and I was like, that's not what I'm worth. None of these sites are particularly reputable, but the most consistent guesstimation was over a hundred million, between a hundred million and a hundred and forty million. That's a large swath. Just for convenience sake, let's go with the lowest number. Let's say he made a hundred million. Brett Favre is a key figure. This is on USA Today. Is a key figure in a Mississippi welfare scandal, and the scandal is is that there was a scheme by the Mississippi Department of Welfare Funds that misappropriated 70 million USD dollars and dineros, seven and zero. And they spent it on a bunch of dumb shit. I don't have the complete list of everything that they spent this money on that wasn't people in need in the state of Mississippi, which is... One of, if not the poorest state in the United States. So this is how Brett Favre comes to this. Not even alleged this part, but he's come under scrutiny for taking 8.1 million, this $100 million man, in welfare funds from the state of Mississippi. Now of that sum, I'm reading that 1.1 million went directly to Favre for public speaking appearances that he did not make. Now, when this story first came out, I vaguely remember Brett Favre saying something like, I would never accept money for appearances that I didn't make. When I was doing my research on this story, there was a screenshot of his statement. It was like, no, I would never do that. I would never. And then when people went and cross-checked, they were like, okay, so here are the dates, here are the times, here are the events. You weren't there, but you took money. So what you saying, what you doing? Because you're saying one thing, and the record shows something else. He ended up returning the money. Brett went back and paid $600,000 in October 2021. The state auditor said the state attorney general could sue if Favre didn't pay the interest owed on that amount. In October 2021, 
Favre missed the deadline to pay. This has it listed as $228,000 in interest. $228,000 on $600,000? Was it a student loan? Shit. So the state auditor turned the matter over to the state's attorney general. This is a mess. Okay, so we just talked about $1.1 million of that money. We still got $7 million to account for. There was another $5 million that Favre received for the construction of a volleyball building at his alma mater at the University of Southern Mississippi, which his daughter, who plays volleyball, also attends. There's another $2 million that went to a pharmaceutical startup that Favre had been tied to as an investor. Now, Favre, for his part, to be clear, says he had no idea that the money was coming from the welfare fund. However, 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 there's some texts that are floating around. This story came out a week ago. This is also on USA Today. There are some texts from Favre that make it look like there were shenanigans afoot. The way that this scheme worked was the welfare department was giving money to these nonprofits and they were directing the nonprofits on where to give the money. So there's this woman named Nancy. Nancy New. She is the executive director for the Mississippi Community Education Center. And she and Favre exchanged messages on August 3rd, 2017. It seems that he was asking about money for the volleyball building. So Favre asked her at 4.35 p.m., he says, if you were to pay me, is there any way the media can find out where it came from and how much? And she says, no, we have never had that information publicized. I understand you being uneasy about that. Let's see what happens Monday with the conversation with some of the folks at Southern. After the meeting, Nancy New replies to Favre again. She says, oh, yeah, the governor who also is under investigation for, this, for these shenanigans. They're saying that the former governor was in on it. She told Favre, she said, oh yeah, the governor is fully on board. It gets even more interesting. Nancy, Nancy New, who was exchanging these messages with Favre, she and her son ran the nonprofit that I just mentioned. They both pleaded guilty to charges of misspending welfare money. They are awaiting sentencing and have agreed to testify against others. They ain't the only ones. There's more. This is NBC News now. John Davis, who directed Mississippi's welfare agency, he has pleaded guilty as of September 22nd in the year of our Lord 2002, yesterday. He has pleaded guilty, according to court records, to conspiracy to commit fraud and theft. They are charges that together carry a maximum of 15 years in prison. Court records also signal that he may have made an arrangement, that he may be cooperating. Some might say that's snitching. Nearly all the folks involved in this are white. I don't know if there's a, a no snitching code with white people. Brett Favre and the governor better hope there is because it doesn't look good for either of them. But John Davis, just to be clear on exactly what he's pleading guilty to, is providing federal funds to two nonprofit organizations and then directing said nonprofits to fraudulently award contracts to various entities and individuals for social services that were never provided. Now, in Brett's case, there's that 1.1 million, the speaking engagements. That seems to fall under what Davis is speaking of. Now, the money that he got for the drug company, I can't find a lot of information on that. The money that he got for the volleyball center, that actually got built. That actually got built. I know that part of business building and scaling and all of these things is using other people's money, like getting investors that are coming out of pocket. But I'm also like, bro, you made 100 mil in your career. There's nothing about like an ESPN 30 and 30 saying you went and squandered all your money. That you MC hammered or Mike Tyson did or Lotto winnered it. You couldn't put up some money to, to get baby girl who's going to your alma mater. You couldn't you couldn't put up some funds for that. You couldn't raise funds with investors or some shit. You had to go through the state of Mississippi. You really needed their money for that. And out the welfare fund. This is fucked up on levels of levels. 
using welfare funds to pay people hundreds of thousands in speaking engagements and to build volleyball courts. It would be bad if a rich state like California was doing it. It would be bad if a rich state like New York was doing it. The state of Mississippi is consistently number one in everything wrong and consistently last in almost everything good. You took money from welfare recipients in the poorest state in the country. You, with your bare minimum $100 million earnings over your 20-year career, more than most people will see in a lifetime. That's what you did, allegedly. Ain't trying to get sued. Although, the state of Mississippi is suing him. We're going to keep an eye on this story as it moves forward. Last week, we had a story that we were keeping an eye on, and I'm so glad that I bridled my tongue. You know I usually don't. We talked about the Brooklyn Bishop, the one that got robbed a few months ago in the all Gucci and all Dior suits. Him. We talked about him on last episode. He was doing another one of his live streams, and some women, two women, came into church disrupting services, and on camera, he jacked up one of the women. He grabbed her by the back of the head and then and moved her from what we can see off camera and out of the church. He said on camera, like right when it was happening, that the woman was approaching his wife and his child. He said any man, any bishop, any minister, they would defend their family. He said that and I agreed. I said as, as the father, as the father and husband in the house, you got one job. But there was a question as to what was going on in the church, whether the woman was actually headed toward the family. Is the bishop just unhinged? Unfortunately, he's had some social media moments. He got into an argument with Larry Reed live and he just like lost it. He just lost all sense of decorum. And I was like, sir, this is not the demeanor befitting of a bishop. I understand people get mad. I understand people have feelings. He said that he had been robbed. It was a couple days after. But I was like, you can't, you can't expect to be seen as a credible man of God performing like that, calling people slurs, making fun of people's weight. That said, last episode, I said, I want to give the Brooklyn Bishop the benefit of the doubt. I don't know that he deserves it. I know a lot of people don't like him. They would love to hear people go in or go off over him. But I was like, ah, I just, it doesn't feel right to me. So I said, let's wait. Let's wait and let Holy Twitter activate. Let the internet do what it does and find another angle other than the live stream that the bishop has set up. There, I said there was 30 to 40 people in the church. There's got to be somebody that broke out their phone when this chaos erupted. I didn't realize how generous I was being with the bishop. So the bishop, his church, released an alternate angle from the security camera so you could see the whole church and what was going, what exactly happened when these women came in. I counted 17 people in the room. According to the Bible, when two or three are gathered in his name, church can be had. I ain't going to say it wasn't church. I was just surprised at the lack of members. I, I was just like, where, where is everybody? It's like a little storefront church. It don't have a lot of seats. And just half of those were filled. I was like, oh. So on the video, you can see the women come in at the back of the church. And you can see one of them come down to the front. And I said last episode, like she came down to the front. And I thought she would have been approaching the bishop. But she walked right past him, headed to the right. And the woman did look quite fired up. The bishop said his wife and baby were over there. The security footage determined that was not a lie. That the bishop was telling the truth. I mean, it's a little grainy, the footage, but you can see a woman with blonde hair, which the bishop's wife does have, holding a small child. And the woman is walking in that direction. I'm never going to get on here and condone a man laying hands on a woman. I will say I understand. I also will say this. If you watch the video, which my God, if you haven't, like it is, I'm going to go to hell for this. I laughed my ass off when I saw that video. You remember like years ago, Cardi B got into an argument with somebody on Twitter and she said something like, I will dog walk you. And it was like amusing at the time, but I never really understood what dog walking somebody was. Like, I just thought maybe it's an amusing phrase. But then the bishop yoked that lady up by the back of the head. And it's one thing to see it on like the live stream. It's a close shot. But when you see like the distance version, I ain't never seen nobody move that fast. I was like, did they speed the video up? That lady's legs look like the roadrunner when he's trying to get away from the coyote. I was like, is that a dog walk? I think that's a dog walk. I don't like 
sounding like I'm defending the bishop. I want to be clear that I'm not defending him. I don't go after people when they haven't done something I think is wrong. I don't just shit on people just to shit on them. That's just, it's not my thing. And now if you do some fucked up shit, I, I might have some words to say about your ass. Might. But I'm not just going to like, I don't know, attack him and say he did something wrong when I genuinely don't believe he did. Also, Larry Reed. Larry Reed had one of the women, because again, there were two women in the church. Larry Reed had one of the women, the one that the bishop laid hands on, on his show. I think the bishop had a lawsuit against Larry Reed at one point. I don't recall whether it was dropped or not. I looked that up. I also know that when Larry Reed had the bishop on his show shortly after his church was allegedly robbed or allegedly he committed insurance fraud, one or the other, he talked real greasy to Larry. He called him some names, some words I don't use in public or private. He was very, very disrespectful. Curse him out, call him a motherfucker, sure. Question his sexuality, use, um, use slurs related to people's sexuality, not called for. There was also a woman on the show, and I think he, he made fun of her weight. It was just really unbecoming of really any adult, but especially someone who purports to be a man of God. That said, the woman went on Larry Reed's show. Larry was like, I believe her. I watched... I didn't watch the full video. I just watched snippets and I was like, I'm not wasting my time with this shit. Her version of events was she's conducting research on charismatic ministers. And so she came to the bishop's church for research. It makes sense to me how you would go to the church in order to observe. It makes sense to me how you could maybe reach out to the bishop and say, hey, I'm working on this story. It don't really make sense to me why you would reach out to this particular bishop. Is he charismatic? Yes. Is he a character? Yes. Does he know how to garner attention from actual credible media outlets as well as social media? Yes. The man need to quit the church and start a marketing agency. He's really, really good at getting eyeballs. I'll give him that. But I'm confused. On if you were really doing a story on charismatic ministries or, char- or, or charismatic ministers, why you would go to the church of a man who only has 17 people sitting up in his service? Like he's really good with media. But when it actually comes to the business of church, as in gathering and maintaining members, there are churches in Brooklyn with large followings. Go to Emmanuel. They got a charismatic preacher and the pews are full. So that's the first thing. I was like, lady, what? She says she got up to approach the minister. She said she was speaking in her heavenly language. She said she began speaking in tongues. Larry Reed was like, I believe her. I was like, Larry, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't compromise your credibility because you don't like that dude. Because her story didn't make any damn sense. The police thought so too. They did arrest the bishop. He was arrested. He was handcuffed. He was taken away. According to him. His charges were dropped. She was also arrested. Um, Her charges were not dropped. According to the New York Daily News, the woman was charged with trespassing and disrupting a religious service. I'm reading the story again on the New York Daily News. The woman, her name is Tarsha Howard. That's the woman who the bishop yoked up on screen. There's a picture of her showing off her neck in the Daily News. There's a scratch from, from the incident. She maintains that she was invited to come up to the front by the bishop. And you can see that on the live stream. He says something like, take your pictures, take your pictures. And he said, you want to preach? Come on up here. She took that as an invitation. I was like, sis, stop, stop. She says he lunged at me and dragged me out of the church. And there was no communication as to why it happened. I'm like, are you serious? Are you serious? She also says that she was invited into the church She says, he's accusing me of disrupting a religious service, and I did not. She says, his ushers invited me in. I went upstairs. They said, come on in. I went in. They did a COVID temperature thermometer and ushered me to sit down. Does she not know that there's video? Because, like, you could hear her on the original live stream. Like, you can hear people making noise in the back of the church. I'm sure when they welcomed you in, it wasn't under the guise of you, like, making a goddamn scene and disrupting the service. I mean, it was only 14 people, but they were there with purpose and intent to have church. This shit don't make no sense. I'm done. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. 
As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. What else is going on? I've been running the streets for, for Global Citizen. I really haven't been home. I come home to sleep and change clothes. And as soon as I'm done taping this, I'm going to the Black Excellence Brunch for further gallivanting. So I really haven't been keeping up with everything. Like sometimes I'm very tied to the internet. This week I've just been like living. But I did catch some good pop culture moments, kind of. Everyone's talking about Dahmer on Netflix, which I had absolutely no intention of watching, even though Niecy Nash is in it. And I really do love Niecy Nash. But I was like, mm, serial killer, I'm good. And I always get Dahmer confused with Ted Bundy. When I hear Dahmer, I always think of a charismatic guy who was killing women. And that was not the case with Dahmer. He was killing young men, young gay men, young gay men. And what's really crazy is this Dahmer story comes out on Netflix. And the way that I learn about it is so many either friends or somebody, one person removed, like a friend of a friend has a Dahmer story. Either know someone who was killed by Dahmer know someone who met Dahmer or was a person who was like, oh yeah, I met him in a bar and he was like really weird. And I was like, yo, this is skeevy. Like what's wrong with this white guy? Which apparently is a huge theme throughout the whole Netflix series. Niecy Nash, and this is from when I was interviewing Niecy, plays a black neighbor that lived in Dahmer's building and consistently flagged him as a problem. Like she didn't know he was in there killing people, but she knew he wasn't right. So, but there's a, there's a scene that's circulating on the internet where there's a young Asian boy who is fucked up. But Nisi's character finds the kid, calls the police, and Dahmer comes and tells the police like, oh, he's my boyfriend. He's just really drunk. He gets like this sometimes. And I'm just going to take him back to the house so he'll be OK. This is all really embarrassing. And Nisi's like, that's a young kid and that's a grown man. Why are you letting this young kid go in, in the custody of this grown man? And the police are like, oh, well, he said it's his boyfriend and he said he lives there. And she was like, he's not giving you any proof. The kid doesn't have ID. There's nothing that should make you believe this story. And the police are just like, yeah, just it's fine. Just like take him and go. I read that he killed that kid. He drilled a hole in his head and then put acid in it to turn him into a zombie or some shit and then ate him because that's Dahmer's thing. He eats people. I was like, what? So I really do want to watch this Netflix show because everyone's talking about how creepy and and harrowing and fucked up it is but also how good it is but all day i'm out and then when i get home at night i ain't watching that shit before i go to sleep so i'm gonna need an actual you know daytime viewing i'm not trying to watch that and then go to bed and have dreams of like i don't know mofos drilling people in the head and eating them that's too much I did see there was a cute moment with Diddy and Carisha. I think Diddy might be really open off this one. He don't really treat living women this well. Carisha, the city girls, had a concert the other day. Diddy sent flowers to JT. That's the other city girl. And then for Carisha, he had people in the audience holding up signs that said, what did it say? Go shorty wop? Did I take a screenshot of it? I don't think I took a screenshot of it. I sure enough didn't. But I thought it was a lovely gesture. Because, you know, he got his big award. Carisha showed up with the sign and receiving his award. And he didn't acknowledge her. And people got in his ass about that. And ever since then, he shouted her out on Instagram for her BET award last week. And now he has people holding up signs for her 
as she performs. Like, it wasn't even, like, one sign. It's like, you know how people have, like, the letters spelled out? It was a whole bunch of people, like, go, G-O, shawty, S-H-A-W-T-Y, WAP. And I was like, W-O-P. That's 11 people holding up signs. That's cute. It really don't even take a whole bunch of effort. It's not like he was holding up the sign. But I appreciate what he did nonetheless. I don't want to diminish it in any way. I'm glad he acted interested. She acted publicly interested. I'm glad he's returning the favor in the same way. It looks like he's practicing her love language. I like it. I like it lots. Also, I didn't see the new J-Hud show. I think it started last week at the same time Sherry's did. I just saw the clip. Because, you know, I'm like obsessed with celebrating Cheryl Lee Ralph. Like it's a whole thing for me now. Cheryl Lee Ralph went on J-Hud's show and two dream girls. And Cheryl Lee Ralph is just, you know, wonderful and pleasant and lively. They decided they were going to do a little routine from Dream Girls. And Cheryl Lee Ralph was fine. Like they brought out some boas and Cheryl Lee Ralph was like, this ain't no cheap boa. I'm keeping this. She and Jennifer, you know, they start doing a little Dream Girls dance and Jennifer is singing and then Cheryl's singing. It turns into a duet. Jennifer just kind of lost it. Cheryl Lee Ralph told her and she said, I'm so proud of you. And Jennifer just like fell apart. And I was like, I get it, sis. I get it. I totally get it. We had spoke about Jennifer's show before. I told you Jay Hood was getting a show. And I told you I was a little nervous about it because I was like, I don't know what her TV disposition is. Like, Jay Hood is not, in the times that I've encountered her or been around her, she's not what I thought daytime TV. She doesn't really come across as bubbly. Like, she's not mean. She's a consummate professional, but she's not like straight and narrow and by the book. She just doesn't have like that, that big personality that's kind of needed for daytime TV. I just didn't think she had like um, a personality that was well suited for daytime TV. I was a little nervous. I was wrong. I watched that segment with Cheryl Lee Ralph and I was like, J-Hud is just a bundle of fun. She's exactly the disposition that I like. Like she's not on 10 which sometimes daytime people can be. She's got enough dry and then enough bubbly. It works for me. It just absolutely works. And I was like, I could watch this chick all day. I'm actually really excited about J-Hud's show. I'm really happy for her. She's been through a, a lot of a lot of life. So I'm glad to see things. I mean, she's been on the upswing for a while, but I'm, I'm glad to see them keep swinging up, if you will. Last but not least, we need to talk about this scandal going on with the Boston Celtics. Yesterday, when the story broke, it was alleged that the head coach might be suspended. When I woke up this morning, it was official. He's being suspended for an entire year for having an inappropriate relationship. I also saw a lot of people saying, like, why is this a story? Like, the the Celtics should have just kept this in-house and they leaked it. Because they're trying to distract people from Brett Favre. And I was like, that's not really how these things work. In what world do you think the head coach of the Celtics? I mean, it's, it's a legendary team in and of itself. But also just went to the playoffs. They're going to suspend their head coach for one year. And it's not going to become a news story. What alternate universe are you living in? Or are you in our universe and on drugs? But I'm debating whether I think there's more to this story. I understand why he's being chastised by the Celtics. If nothing else, it's a violation of his contract. Like clearly they have a no fraternization clause and he's doing that. And the reason that companies, corporations have said clause is to avoid sexual harassment charges. Also, you're talking about someone who's a head coach, which is a position of extreme power, whether they work in the office, work with the team, they're in a subordinate position to the coach. It's very ripe for a sexual harassment charge. I I understand why the Celtics have a no fraternization. I understand why it's a problem that he violated. I also understand that there have been other instances, people who have broken these rules and also been fired for it, like the head of CNN. I also think it's one of those things that isn't really heavily enforced until you really want somebody out. So it's not unheard of for people to be very harshly punished over fraternization at the office. I think, again, it's something a lot of people overlook. I don't know, like with no proof, no evidence, no real reasoning. I just think there's more to this story than like, oh, he had an inappropriate relationship with a woman at the office and we're suspending an NBA coach. 
I saw somebody point out the other day, there have been NBA players who've committed whole felonies, who've, who've been caught on camera abusing women charged with rape. Kobe, may he rest in peace. But there's been NBA players who've done a bunch of crazy fucking shenanigans and never got suspended for a year or at all. But now the head coach is being sat down for a year because he had a consensual relationship at work. Something's not adding up. When the story broke yesterday, people started circulating a picture of a black woman who worked for the Celtics, a former WNBA player. She's been cleared. I saw people saying that, oh, well, that's why he cheated, because like, look at her like she's gorgeous. And, you know, they travel together because she's over player relations and and she knows basketball like, and, and she's younger than the coach's fiance, which is Nia Long. There's a reason I told the story and left the Nia Long part out for the beginning. We'll get we'll get to the Nia Long part in a minute. But it's not that chick. Allegedly, as of this morning, the current story is the woman is also married. She's white. The other lady was real cute. And not to say that looks have anything to do with people who have affairs. People have affairs for all kinds of different reasons. This lady would not be classified as cute. She's just a bland-ass white woman. And I was like, bruh, you risk me alone and your job? Because even if people are like, well, who the fuck is Nia Long? Like, why, he, why should people care about Nia Long? Which, fuck all of you. But, like, you risk your job for that? Okay. I guess. Because all day yesterday on Twitter, people were like, he's a 1% man and he's a good-looking man. He's at his, you know, professional prime. And you really can't expect a man like that to be faithful because he could have any woman he wants. And women are constantly throwing themselves at him, like groupies and, and professionals and everybody else. Because, again, he's like a 1% man. Okay, let's go with that. All these people are throwing themselves at this mofo, and he chose that? Again, not just because, like, you had Nia Long at home and you chose that. You knew you could lose your fucking job, and that was worth the risk? Okay. People have preferences. John Boyega has preferences. He likes black women, which there's been a whole backlash about. Like, people are upset that John Boyega said that he liked black women, and they were like, that's racist. It's racist that a black man with a black mother, no less, expresses his attraction to and his preference for women who look like him. Are you kidding me right now? In fairness, though, white people are used to seeing like all the famous black celebrities with white women or women who are you're not really sure what their ethnicity is. Very ambiguous. You know, that is what a lot of people are used to seeing with high profile black men. It's not the majority the majority of black men, wealthy and otherwise, are married to black women. LeBron is actually more the standard than you would think. It's just what the media chooses to portray. But I mean, to a degree, I can kind of see why people are like, I thought black men like white women. But actually, I do see how you arrived at that. But nevertheless, John Boyega does prefer black women. And I, I, I just prefer John Boyega. <laughs> it's mutual. Uh, let's see, because this cheating scandal brought up so much shit. And I had to make a list of all the points that I wanted to talk about. Let's just check them off. We talked about the allegations. We talked about the suspension. We talked about how the woman he cheated with is allegedly married and also of low melanated color because white people do have some melanin. They're not melanin deficient. They just have very, very low melanin, hence the lack of color. What was also really interesting yesterday is this story breaks and people think Nia Long has been cheated on. And I'm not really surprised people did this because anytime a man does something like nefarious, like people start blaming the woman. I remember when uh, Fuqua cheated on Layla Rashawn and people were like, well, look how much weight she's gained. Like she used to be really skinny. I'm like when she was 21. Now she's over 50 with two kids. Like, if you've seen their wedding photos, he don't look the way he did at the wedding either. They've been together for 20 some odd years. Shit changes. This new instance, because Nia Long is actually over 50. I think she's 51. Is she still a baddie? So people couldn't be like, oh, she let herself go. Like, nah, she's still fine. She's had a 30-year public run of extra fineness, like the pinnacle of fine. She's a whole dream girl for a generation of men. So then it became like, well, oh, well, she's over 50 and he's younger than her. He's 44. It's not like he's like 28. But they were like, oh, well, she's over 50. And so, you know, he wanted somebody young and... Is that what y'all are doing? Y'all are y'all are trading women in like, oh, they're, you're 50 now. So so you're done. What? So despite all the shit that men say on the Internet all day about how if you don't get married by the time you're 25, you're going to die alone. 
You're going to get married at 25, going to cheat on you and leave you at 50, so you're going to die alone anyway? So you might as well just go on and do what the fuck you want anyway? Which I've been saying all along. Okay. Also, also, because for these same guys who are like fixated with age, because they're like, oh, well, she's over 50. There's a very common train of thought amongst men that I see posting on the internet. And this comes from the cult leader. But it was basically women over 25 are, are old and, and, you know, full of baggage. And you should really date women who are, you know, 21 to 25. That's the ideal time, which is fine if you're a 21 to 25 year old guy, even if you're like a 25 to 30 year old guy. Like, I get that. Right. But it's like 35 and 45 year old men wanting to date women who are under 25. You do realize that you're old to a 25 year old. It's a totally different mindset. It should be at least. But like. Like, if you're 40 and you get a 25-year-old, when you hit 50 and she's 35, can she upgrade on you? Like, is, that, is it cool for that to happen? Because now you're over 50. Can she trade you in for a younger model? Because, like, like, can you still keep it up without Viagra? Can you? I don't know. Some can, some can't. I kept seeing people trying to justify what he did. They were like, maybe they had an open relationship. And I was like, this is a new one. This is a new one. So like now when a man cheats, like the default assumption is maybe there was an open relationship. Let's play around in your alternate universe. Say they did, right? You would think that there would be parameters around that. One of which might be, don't do no dumb shit that costs you your job. Don't do no dumb shit that publicly embarrasses us. You think that would be part of the rules? Apparently not. People are like, oh, it's an open relationship. So what difference does it make? I also saw other people say that like, oh, this is why you should get married. Because they've been engaged for 10 years and they were like, this is why you should get married. Because like now she's just been engaged for 10 years and he's out here doing this dumb shit. What would marriage solve here? Do married people not get cheated on? Somebody might want to tell all the married people who cheat and have been cheated on about that. Marriage don't stop that. Also, would it be better to be married to someone who cheats on you or to be in a relationship with someone who cheats on you? Because marriage, if you if you mad that they cheated you got to get a whole divorce. Like you're, you're legally bound to them. Divorce takes a while. Even when it's not millions of assets on the table, it takes some time. It's a harrowing, horrible, emotional experience. I would not wish it on anyone. But do you think it's better to be married to someone who cheats or, or engaged in a relationship with someone who cheats? Like if you want to go, you could be like, you know what? I'm out. There's no legal shit to undo. Assets, sure. They might have shared assets. A child custody, you could figure that out. But the extra hurdle of, of, of legally untying yourself to another person, you're not legally tied together. You got familial ties, financial ties, your legal ties. That's the hard part. The legal shit, when you're trying to get away from somebody and they holding that shit up, that shit will fuck you up. But people are like, oh, if they were married, if they were married, it'd be the same shit, but worse. It'd be harder to get away if she wants to go. There was some speculation about whether they were still together. They were still together as of May, early June. They could have broken up since then. It's possible. Is it likely? I don't think so. He released a statement earlier today. Let me see if I can pull it up. He released this statement via ESPN's Malika Andrews. He said, quote, I want to apologize to our players, fans, the entire Celtics organization and my family for letting them down. I am sorry for putting the team in this difficult situation and I accept the team's decision. Out of respect for everyone involved, I will have no further comment. The, the line about family, it, it could mean his kids, it could mean his parents, it could or could not mean Nia. Who knows? If they, if they still together, especially if Nia plans to stay, she should just deny him. She should be like, we're not together. I was cheering at his games in May because he's the father of my son and, and we're still, we have a great co-parenting relationship. I wanted to give him my support. I wish him the best during this difficult time. Just deny his ass. Pretend, pretend whatever y'all got going on, if it's still going on, pretend it doesn't exist. That's a quick way to get people out your business. Pretend this shit doesn't exist. I, we weren't together. What are you talking about? And if she decides to stay or go, whatever decision that is for her, it's not easy either way. But if she decides to stay with him, pop up a year later and be like, oh, you know, last year we were on a break. We decided to get back together and keep it pushing. It's worked for other people. Gabby, Dwayne, they look happy. Their baby's cute. I love that baby. Zaya's flourishing. I love her too. I'm just saying. The other question I had, <laughs> I was just, I was watching men's response to this yesterday. And I was like, who doesn't cheat? 
It was like, oh, men who are 1% who make all this money, like you should just expect them to cheat. Like you're being unrealistic to expect them to be faithful. Okay, so 1% men cheat. Men who make money cheat. So, but the broke men cheat too. So it's not based on finances. We can rule that out. Men who are really attractive, we can rule that out. Men who travel, we, we could we could rule those out. We also know men who don't travel and, and they still cheat. I'm trying to figure out like, what is the determining factor of finding a man who doesn't cheat? Because men sit online all day and they were like, oh, you know, we can't find any, any good women. But you don't take care of your bodies and, and you're not beautiful and you have like, you know, all this la- all these lashes and all this hair and all this extra and, and blah, 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 blah. Because men sit online all day and they complain about, you know, various aspects of, of women's appearances. Like they complain constantly, right? And then you have these women and not just Neil Long. There's Halle Berry, there's Beyonce, there's this story with Adam Levine. He's married to a supermodel, cheating on her with an Instagram model. But I was like, men put this huge emphasis on women's looks, women's beauty. Like physical attraction matters to us more than it matters to you, which just really isn't true. But they put so much emphasis on women's beauty. But we could name several men who were dealing with some of the most beautiful women in the world who still cheated. It's like you put all this emphasis on what women look like and what they dress like and what they age like and, you know, what their weight is and and their eyelashes and their hair. And you put this huge emphasis on women's appearance like it matters. And then when it comes to something that's very dire for most women, like most women, like, you know, infidelity is a really big thing. Then all of a sudden, like, it doesn't matter anymore. And it's like, well, yeah, she's beautiful, but nobody's too beautiful to get cheated on. I saw women saying that shit, too. And I was like, the fuck is wrong with y'all? And then people making the case. And when you say like it's Nia Long, you're, you're saying that she's too beautiful to be cheated on as if like, you know, ugly people, it's OK to cheat on them. And I was like, nobody said shit about ugly people. Y'all are really trying to all lives matter this conversation. Just because we're like Nia Long is beautiful doesn't mean anyone's calling other people ugly or saying they deserve to be cheated on for not looking like Nia Long. It's just like, God damn, bro. Like you went and got an icon of a generation and fumbled that. I'll never forget that Issa Rae quote. And I want to say it was in the same article that was talking about her fiance at the time. They weren't married yet. But I guess they were asking her, like, why don't you ever bring him out or something like that? Issa said, men will embarrass you. Personally, I don't think Nia Long or or Beyonce or or any Nia Long or Beyonce or Halle Berry or any of the women that have been cheated on. I don't think that they should be embarrassed by their partners fucking up. They didn't do it. They're not responsible for what the other person did. The person is. And I saw people were like, well, Nia Long has a bad attitude. Maybe she does. Maybe she doesn't. If she has a bad attitude. That's a reason to leave her. That's a, le- that's a reason to leave the relationship. That's not a reason to cheat. I saw this guy online. We were talking about the Nia Long discussion. He was, he was on somebody else's page. And I was like, if you want to cheat, is it really so unfathomable to just like leave? Is that is that not possible? Is that like is that not something you could do? Like you're unhappy. You clearly want to fuck other people. You're supposed to be in a monogamous relationship. So like, why don't you just leave? And the guy was like, frankly, he was like, I'm not like, you know, fucking up my family, my mortgage, my, you know, bills and, you know, basically my life just because I want to fuck somebody else. Okay, so these are things that you value, but then you put them at risk this way. Do you really value those things or just sounds good to say? Or you just want your cake and eat it too. Just say that part. No, I don't really value it, but you know, it's a cushy enough life and I don't really want to fuck it up. I don't want to make too many waves, but I also, you know, want to be, you know, pleased, satisfied, whatever. Cause what I got isn't really like, you know, doing it for me. And I just need like, you know, something else in my life to, you know, keep things interesting, but I ain't really trying to rock the boat too hard. I'm just trying to like, you know, bust a nut in another place that, you know, I find enjoyable. It would be so much easier if folks just like level with like what they do because trying to justify it and clean it up and, and create all these like weird scenarios. Maybe they have an open relationship. Maybe she has a bad attitude. Oh, it's because she gained weight. Blaming the person who didn't do shit. The other part of the story that like really drives me nuts. You cheated. OK, as, as Adam Levine said, and it's being roasted, like drawn over coals for he was like, people cheat. I cheated. Sir, being defiant is, is really not like the right way to publicly handle this situation, especially like before when you denied it and you were like, I didn't cheat, but I had inappropriate conversations. Sir, sir, that lady got receipts all day. I would go further into that story. I just don't really care. But I'm like, sir, it's, it's not just that you, you cheated. You cheated with somebody that cost you your job, your money and, and has caused a national scandal. You couldn't find a willing groupie willing to sign an NDA like everybody else. 
Like, come on. Come on. And now I'm sick of talking about it. But I just wanted to mention it. All right. I think that's the episode for this week. There's a couple other things I want to talk about. I said I was going to save Adam Levine for next week. I'm probably not. I'm probably not going to talk about it. I do want to talk about the Iran protest. I'm not fully up to speed on what exactly is going on. I know a young woman was killed in police custody. Whatever division of the police it was, they're considered the morality police. Apparently, she wasn't wearing her hijab tight enough um, and they beat her to death. But the women of Iran have taken to the streets, burning their hijabs and chopping off their hair. Last I saw, I saw some picture. There was a traffic jam and a bunch of shit was on fire. And I was like, yo, what the fuck? So I will get those details and we will discuss them next week because that shit look wild. Um, I'm sure there'll be more shenanigans over the weekend. Also, Global Citizen is this weekend. Um, I have heard that the usher has landed in Ghana. Also heard that his first act getting off the plane, he asked folks to take him to a school because he wanted to meet some kids. One of my favorite artists for good reason. I can't wait till Saturday. I'm Goo Gobs excited. So I'll be back next week with updates on the protests and on Global Citizen. Oh, and the, the guy in my building. I know you don't shit where you live. It's not shit yet. He's cute though. And British. You know I like them accents. All right, bye. Or not. Or not. So in the time that it's taken me to edit the podcast, I recorded and then I left and went or tried to go to brunch. Brunch didn't happen. That's a whole separate story. Um, Traffic in Ghana is worse than LA and Atlanta combined. Oh my God. I sat in a cab for two hours and never made it to the event. Between that and then editing the podcast, there have been new developments. Let's start with an allegation because that's an interesting one. So the woman that the head coach allegedly cheated with, the woman that people are currently speculating that it is, we, we discussed how she was white. We, we mentioned that she was married. The detail that I didn't have before was that she's married to a VP in the front office of the Celtics. Sir, were, were you blinking your, your boss's wife? Nigga, what? That's one thing. Uh, Nia Long has released a statement. She gave the statement to E! News. She said, quote, The outpouring of love and support from family, friends, and the community during this difficult time means so much to me. I ask that my privacy be respected as I process the recent events. Above all, I am a mother, and I will continue to focus on my children. Okay. I ride for Nia Long. Nia says the word we ride at dawn. Here's the most interesting one. This is from TMZ. I know TMZ is not technically a credible news site. TMZ, however, was the first to break that Michael Jackson died. It's because TMZ pays their sources. Very rarely are they actually wrong um, because they pay people. A TMZ reports, Nia Long says she's going to need all the support she can get after getting blindsided by her fiance, the Celtics coach. Emi Aduka. I don't think I've said his name. The only reason I know how to pronounce it is because of Matt Barnes. We'll talk about that one second. Um, TMZ says, we've learned Aduka kept her in the dark about his affair, even though the team busted him months ago. This is reporting on The Shade Room. They said, according to at TMZ TV, Nia Long and her 10-year-old son moved to Boston just two weeks ago in hopes of finding a family home with Uduka. He reportedly knew that the news of his affair would hit the media, but decided against forewarning his fiance. This is how people end up on Snap. I'm not saying I condone violence. We talked about this earlier with the Brooklyn Bishop. I don't condone it. I understand it. I'm not saying Nia Long should go off with his head with this shit. I'm not saying she should key his car or bust the windows out. I'm not saying she should set his car on fire or take everything out the house and do a yard sale, everything for a dollar, Bernadine. I'm not saying she should do that. I'm saying I would understand if it happened. This shit, you let me pack up my shit and move across country with our baby, no less, and didn't give me a heads up that this shit was in the works, that this shit was coming down the pipeline? Nigga. And there's more to it. I don't know what it is yet. I know because Matt Barnes yesterday, I don't even remember what he wrote. And I'm not going to read it because Matt Barnes already retracted it. He just put up a video maybe like an hour ago. Matt Barnes. Matt Barnes. I drove a hundred and some odd miles per hour down a freeway to go fight a man. Actually, was it his former teammate or his current coach? Derek. What's Derek's last name? Fisher. The dude who started dating his wife. 
Matt Barnes, who, if you recall, jumped in the car and sped down the highway to go fight somebody. That, that Matt Barnes. Matt Barnes, who talks big shit on that podcast. Him and his little friend. Matt Barnes stay in some shit. Matt Barnes stay running his mouth. What was the guy from, um, from D.C.? Kwame Brown. Who played, who played for the Wizards. Remember Kwame went off on Matt Barnes and his little friend. For like a good week, just roasted him. Woke up mad, just roasted him every fucking day for putting his name in their mouth. That, that Matt Barnes? Reckless Matt Barnes. Matt Barnes put up a tweet yesterday in support of the Celtics head coach. Earlier today, he made a video about why he removed the tweet. He said, I put it up. He said, I got a call from somebody who knows, you know, all the story that's going on, the stuff that hasn't hit the media yet. He said, I won't be the one to tell it. But he was like, after I learned the information, he said, I had to remove my tweet. He was like, there's certain actions I just can't condone. I can't support as a man. What? Sir, what do you know? What do you know? You know how men will blindly support other men. We just had a whole podcast episode of people be like, well, maybe it was an open relationship or, you know, she's over 50, so she's old. Or what does she do? Does she have a bad attitude? Maybe she wasn't cooking and cleaning and fucking. I mean, there's always something. There's always a way to blame the woman. Men stick together. Men stick together to defend bullshit. Matt Barnes breaking rank publicly? Not even just deleting the tweet and letting it be, but to make a whole video to be like, there's shit that occurred that as a man, I can't condone. I don't support that shit. I had to take my support back. Word? This shit gonna be ugly. Because all of it's gonna hit the media at some point. My genuine prayers and support with Nia Long. If stories pop up and they're, they're covered by major nude sites, I'll cover it. But I'm not gonna go digging for shit. Not gonna call back to LA and ask around. Even if I did, I would do that for personal knowledge. You know I don't be on here spilling tea. I talk about stuff that's reported in the news or the part of pop culture. I have no desire to, to break stories. I use this platform to do commentary. I wish her the best. I wish her the best. I've been betrayed before and that shit hurts deeply. Deeply. Like you just feel like you're walking around in a fog. I, know, I hope she has a circle of sister friends who have reached out to her um, and are lending their support. Because you can go, you can go bash it. Nia said she's focusing on her children. Um, you know, focusing on the babies is what keeps her sane. So be it. But I also do hope that a friend, a sister friend, a mother, a cousin, a sister, whoever comes and focuses on her because she's she's in a she's having a difficult time. So all the best for Nia Long. You say the word, we will activate for you. You held us down for 30 years. We can hold you down in your time of need. Now I'm really gone, not going out. About to scrub my house from top to bottom because my guest is coming tomorrow. Okay, bye.